Today, we had on a returning overass favorite, Taya DiCarlo. She talks about overcoming adversity in her personal life, content burnout, why she's fired up for 2023, and the videos she plans on making for the new year. The Brokeage presents Overask Podcast. Taya. Yes. <laughs> How the hell are you? Um, what a loaded what? question that is. That even rhymed. <laughs> Taya, how the heck are you? Welcome no, back. Oh, Welcome I'm, back. I miss you guys. I really do. It's 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 been one heck of a year. Yes, I know. So you've been, for those who don't know, for the listeners who've just jumped on, you were on one of the early episodes of Overask. And since then, you kind of just exploded in uh, stardom. Uh, we had to we had to call like five agents to get you what? back on the show. It was it was I couldn't even reach you. I talked to like six assistants. They're yeah. called gatekeepers, you guys. Right, of course. <laughs> Just so yeah, how how has everything been? I mean, you've been crushing on social. Oh you've been crushing everything. I mean, in your profile, top one point five percent agents nationwide. I mean, what's gone on since that last yeah. episode? Let's let's get oh into. Oh my this. god! It, what when did we exactly shoot that? You were under 10,000 followers. Yeah. I know that. That, so that was over a year ago then. That was like a year yeah. and a half ago. Oh my God. <laughs> what? I mean, I know we don't have a lot of time because speaking of big time, Eric's pretty big time and uh, oh, he's no. got back to back appointments. No, um, I really have to give my <laughs> dongle to my fiance. <laughs> I wish it was back to back appointments. It's just a technological issue. Oh my God. <laughs> um, you know, here, here, I'll just, you know me, I'm going to always keep it real with you guys um, without diving too deep into like personal stuff. But I think as realtors, it would be really fake and shallow to not bring up life because as real estate agents, we deal with people during the most emotional, um, stressful time of their life, right? Buying or selling a house. The crazy comes out when people yeah. buy or sell. Um, and I should know this. I like I sold a property of mine this past year, and that shit was way more stressful than I thought it was going to be. Um, but we have to balance our personal lives and our businesses and the personal lives of our clients. And life happens. Like for me, I'm going through a divorce. Um, granted, an amicable one, which God, I can't imagine having like a drama with that. But it's still been hard. And it completely threw me for a loop beginning of uh, 2022. But I know that I'm not alone in that. Like whether you have some sad stuff that happens in your life, whether it's a death or a divorce or just life, or maybe just like a happy life event. Like maybe you're engaged and you're getting married or you're having a baby. Like the world doesn't stop turning. And so as real estate agents, we have to learn how to really go with the flow. So this year, since we last were on, um, my social media has exploded because I really got serious about my content. And the one lesson that I learned in 2022 was to persevere and push through even when you're not in the mood to do it. Yeah. How, how was that going through the divorce and dealing with real estate and trying to create content? Like, oh were there ever moments where you just said, I can't do any of this right now. I just, I need to take a break. Or like, did your real estate business ever suffer from this, you know, from this fact? Like what, what was going on in your head during all this? Well, part one of that question, um, in the very beginning of the year, 
I was like, I'm fine. And to be honest with you, you saw me, Eric. Like I yeah. actually was doing really well because although I was shocked, I wasn't surprised that I was going through it. And so the sense of like, I'm a survivor, I'm going to be okay. Like I have the required to get through this. Um, but there were times, many times when I would schedule my content and you guys know, like you shoot once a month or you shoot twice a month. And that's the day that you're going to do it all for the month. And I would call Ricky and Derek, my team. And I would say, Hey guys, I know we've got it on the calendar, but I just, I'm not feeling it today. And yeah. they're like, Taya, come on, just show up. They're like, you know, once you get here, you're going to be fine. And so I would drive from LA to Orange County crying, no makeup on, um, not really knowing what the fuck I was going to talk about. And I would get there and they would have a bouquet of flowers and a card. And they're like, you can do hard things. <laughs> yeah. And so I would just wipe my tears. And this is where you delegate, right? I'd hire a artist. I would hire all the people. I'd have my outfits and I would get up on camera and I would do it because if you waited to be in the mood to make your phone calls, you would never make your phone calls. If you waited until you were in the mood to go to the gym, you would just never go to the gym. So you have to, in the face of, um, you know, adversity, you have to take a deep breath and be like, I, okay, I can feel my feelings. Like, I'm not just going to pretend like they're not there. I'm going to feel them. But for this moment, put them aside and I'm going to do what I need to do. And my business offer, absolutely. Um, granted, we went through in this economy, right? Everyone's business is really down, not everybody, but a lot like stockbrokers, people in fi the financial world, their business is impacted like 40%. And yeah. my business, my volume is down almost 50% from what it was last year. Granted, last year I did over 50 million. I had a great year. This year, I'm very proud to say, in spite of everything, the fact that I'm going to close out just under is huge, huge, especially when the first half of the year, I was a fucking zombie. Yeah. We, we never really think about like, we're constantly dealing with clients and their personal, um, you know, not necessarily problems, but what's going on in their personal life. And I always wonder like, does the client care what's happening with the agent? Because they're expecting their agent to respond to everything right away. Yeah. Like they're not expected to deal with what's happening with us emotionally. Yeah. So it's, you know, I, I'm sure it was hard to kind of bridge that communication gap if there were times that they were hitting you up at eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, and you're dealing with kids, a divorce, you know, a, a completely life-changing experience. And they're still expecting that communication from and, they so that was, and they yeah. are. And they are. And it's funny. They don't care. They don't I give mean, a they shit. Care, but they no, don't really they don't care. give a shit. They yeah. really don't. Because at the end of the day, they're paying a fee for a service. Right. And even though you may be working with someone who's a friend, like, they could give two Fs. And I know this from personal experience, sadly, this year. And so I actually, even though everybody knows me as like, I wear my heart on my sleeve, I'm very open, what you see is what you get, 100%, I'm still that person. But I definitely pulled back this year. I, I learned some valuable lessons along the way where it's, it's okay to share, and it's, but you don't want to put too much out there. Because you don't want people to think, A, you're incapable of doing your job because you're not. Um, you don't want pity from people. And the more information you give them, the more am when things go sideways to hold it against you. 
So I think that the big lesson and the, the little gem that everybody listening can take with them is, yes, you are human. You are not a robot. If they really wanted to just outsource it and not have to deal with the personal aspect, they would hire Redfin or they would hire, you know, a, some iBuyer online portal, whatever. They're hiring you because they want you, but you just need to learn how to compartmentalize and put it aside and deal with it when you or deal with it in the morning, when you meditate, whatever. Yeah. Can we hold this thought for one second? My dog is losing. Have you heard him the whole time? No, we haven't. I haven't heard okay, him good. Much. I had it, I had it <laughs> on mute. So I didn't know. I have to, because I can't talk. He's going to just keep barking. Okay. Okay. One <laughs> second. We'll, we'll edit it out. <laughs> but that was a great point. It's <laughs> 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 like the deepest point of the conversation. I know. But it's, you know what? It's good that we're having like, it's funny, like a lot of these conversations about social media can be like lighthearted and everyone knows me as being like very Pollyanna happy. Right. And it's like, let's be real. Like people go through hard stuff. Cause for a while you, you didn't post about the divorce on social media. No, right. No. And then when you, when you did, you actually got some like negative feedback from it. I remember you I sending did. me some comments from people saying you shouldn't be airing this in public. So yeah. what, what was your response to that? Uh, you know, my response was it hurt a little bit because there was a little string of truth to that. Right. So, but I, but I am all about the mindset of failing forward. The only way you're going to learn is by putting yourself out there and seeing how people are going to react. So, you know, I think that if anything, you just have to control expectations when you first sit down with people mm -hmm. and you have to let them know, like, I actually turned it around on some clients and I said, look, I go, fortunately for you, I'm going through a divorce because now I have 50% of my time free. <laughs> right. If I wasn't, I would be the full-time wife, the full-time mom, the full-time, and not to say I'm a part-time mom now, but half the time they're not here and I can actually do things that benefit my business, benefit my health and my well-being, and oh, so many fucking lessons learned this year. Yeah. And, you know, you've always done a good job at showing yourself authentically, showing the losses. It's, it hasn't always just been like, this is the perfect Taya yeah. doing her two cents and everything. So you've always been good at that. And I thought that just provided an entire new layer when you added that into your personal life and into your actual content. And you started talking about it more on podcasts, interviews, yeah. you know, with Byron and, and on this. And I think it just, you know, kind of adds to your your personality and just makes you more relatable with just everybody 100%. personal problems in their life. Cause everybody's dealing with something. Every, everybody's dealing with something and whether it's a divorce or maybe a privately very unhappy marriage. Yeah. Right. Or maybe they're lonely because they don't have family or they don't have something personal to talk about. Like I've learned through this experience that everybody projects their own inner trauma, they're triggered by whatever, and they're going to put that on you. Um, and it's just not yours to take. Like you don't, mm -hmm. you don't have to, that that's the big takeaway right there is that like anybody who's going to project on you, you have to recognize the fact that it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And like my therapist would say, you forgive them. You literally like forgive something back. So like if some, if somebody literally says something to you, Offense, like them throwing a bag of shit at you and you can pick up the bag of shit and be like, uh, you, you dropped this, <laughs> right? This is not mine. I'm going to forgive it back to you. Um, but yeah, that this year has been filled with, um, 
some major challenges, but as I've said on some of my videos before, the, the greatest teacher is failure. Mm-hmm. And I tell my children that like when Gio lost his, um, his soccer tournament, they were like first place the entire time. Like he scored the tie breaking goal and then they lost in the end and he was hysterical. And I said, you know, honey, sometimes losing is the best thing that can happen to you because it makes you sit back and go, where could I have been better? How can I come back stronger next time? Like, look at all, all of the greatest successful people have been through major adversity. And so for me, I kind of think of it as fuel for 2023. Like I've learned so much about myself through travel, friendships, loss, wins. I mean, this was not all downer for me. If anything, I'm like, yeah, my numbers were down, but me as a person, I am the best I've been. I'm the fucking best I've ever been. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know what I want. I feel completely unstoppable right now. Um, like I'm, I'm like already jacked up for 2023. Like I'm going to the gym, like new year's Eve already happened. Like yeah. I'm a, I'm like a mad woman in there. I'm like, what's up? Like we, it was December 1st. It's, it's like February 1st for me right now. That's like, why I operate. I operate on the Jewish calendar now in September <laughs> after Rosh Hashanah, so I can start my new year's resolutions early. But I just want to touch upon what you said about like, you know, going through a breakup or, you know, a big event in your life and then having this re- rejuvenation that you've had, like the broke agent kind of spawned, you know, six months after a breakup for me as well, where it was like, this is the most creative thing I could think of doing right now. And, you know, there was like a two month period of like, you know, depression and, you know, not producing content, not knowing what I was doing. But then you do hit that like next level of, no, this is incredible. I have freedom. I can do whatever I want. I want to be the most creative person on earth right now. And it's like a, it's like you're 10 Xing yourself, Matt. Oh, wow. There you Grant go. Cardone does right I here. I Cardone you right there. Exactly. You can see if he writes back on this one. Yeah. I know. He liked it. He I liked saw it. that. We're getting somewhere. Massive. Yeah. I'm speaking at uh, the 10X conference next year. Stop it. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh my God. That would be like, hilarious. You see how I just totally took the bait? I'm so gullible. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, really? I'm going to like start <laughs> tweeting it. Um, you know what's so funny? You said that you started getting really creative after a hardship. Um, I just shot my December content with Ricky and Derek on Monday and I showed up and they were like, Whoa, what's going on? And I was like, I'm fucking back. Yeah. They're like, Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm like, I had like, instead of just like four outfits, I had like 10 outfits. I got there on time. They're like, Whoa, what's happening right now. I had all my ideas like totally flushed out. I've lost six pounds. No big deal. But I mean, like, thank you. I'm like, I've been working out. I feel good. And uh, Ricky was just like, you're about to step it up. And I'm like, yeah, because I felt like this year, and I don't know about you guys as content creators, I was so sick of myself. And quite frankly, I wasn't sick of you guys, but I was sick of other people you're a little sick of us. No, I actually really. The, the way you that. said that, I sensed a little bit. No, of, yeah, actually, a little bit of sickness. No, yeah, no, I, sickness, I actually, you know, who, I wasn't sick of you guys. You know who I got sick of? Who? The, Tell us, give us the dirt. The tea is about to be spilled. Um, I was sick of Dan O'Neill. No, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was Byron. sick of people. No, I was sick of people who were all of a sudden jumping on to creating content out of nowhere 
and I felt like they were doing a decent job, but there was no like soul behind it. It mm-hmm. felt like it felt canned. It felt uncreative. It felt ripped off. It felt like this parroting of just the same stuff over and over and over again. And I get it. Like those people and whoever follow them and their sphere on the other side of the country, like maybe it's all fresh to those people. I just, I follow so many real estate agents that after a while, it just felt like I was listening to the same content and I was really hungry for something creative, um, which yeah. is why I went back into the, the mastermind layer, if you will. And I started really diving deep into articles of new sources um, and really like diving deep and thinking, how can I come up with creative content that's going to be valuable to people where it's actually my opinion and I'm not just doing the Taya version of something that's already been done. Yeah. I want to get, we want to so, get into the, yeah, go ahead. Matt. Yeah, no, there's just, before we get it, cause there's so much to unpack to what yeah. you just said. Um, just back to the burnout a little bit, like everyone gets that. And I find that all the stories you always hear is, you know, I was about to quit. I was feeling burnt out. I was feeling bad for myself. And then the best ideas came after that. So it's just like, have you ever seen that, that, uh, I guess that photo of like the guy digging for gold Yeah. and then he stops right before the gold and he just heads home. It's like, if you can get through, like, if you're feeling that burnout, that's a good thing. Yeah. It means you've worked your ass off to get there. It's totally normal. And if you just keep going that little bit more, like the best ideas are right around the corner. Totally. You just, it's, and you don't want someone else to, to walk in and just strike it once. And then they're lucky. It's like, you just, you, you gave up too soon. Yep. And also the, the fact about getting sick of yourself, Taya, you and I have been like texting about this the last <laughs> few months. I am so sick of myself. I am sick of the YouTube videos, the marketing Mondays. I'm saying the same like Instagram tips over and over and over again on this podcast and masterminds on walkthrough because there's just so many different places to distribute content. I'm writing blogs about it. All this like marketing stuff just coming out. And when I hear myself talking sometimes, and maybe some of the listeners feel this as well, you know, (laughs) throw it a like if you agree with this, but you know, you find yourself going down these similar dialogue trees to what you've said before. And you've been on so many interviews and podcasts and everything too. I'm sure even when you're doing speaking gigs, you find yourself kind of saying stuff you've already said before, Yes. even though it's to a different audience and they probably don't recognize it. It's just, you kind of are just like, I need to just stop doing this for a little bit. And I'm, I yeah. can't, and I'm not going to yeah. because it's a media company, but that definitely well, is something that is, you know, very prominent in my head right now. You also got to remember though, like you almost have to think you're speaking to one person at a time. So like you said, like there could be 99 people in that room who had heard it and the, you know, and one person, a hundred people in the room, 99 could have heard it. One person like sees crazy value in it and you help that person that day. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't click the first time. And I've found that before. I've listened to Gary V say the same shit for years. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes he'll say it and then I'll be like, oh, that day I needed to hear that thing. That's a good point. 100%. And you, it's a, it is a practice. And I think that it's a growing pain. It's a growing pain that if you create content long enough, 
that it's almost like being a performer, being an actor. You've you've done your lines so many times that it's like, how can you get to the stage and all of a sudden make it feel like it's authentic and the first time you've ever given it? Um, that is an art. That is a skill. Um, that's something that can be learned. And I remember when I spoke at Tom Ferry's conference in 2018, I had a 20-minute long memorized, almost like a TED talk. And I did it for my mom before I got on stage. And she was like, you don't sound excited. <laughs> and I was like, she's like, you sound like you've said it a million times. I'm like, well, I have said it a fucking million times. Right, yeah. And she's like, well, I need you to act like <laughs> it's the first time you've ever said it. And this is someone who doesn't know you, knows nothing about you. And so that was my, my mantra before I got on stage. And I've carried that with me before I get on camera. Like, this is the first time I've ever said this. Maybe this is, yeah. and now that Instagram is feeding my content to people who don't know who I am, we've tweaked Taya's Two Cents. So Taya's Two Cents now is the hook, right? We've got the formula. It's the quick hook that I love doing that gets people watching. And then it jumps into a broader opinion of like, this is the article I read. This is my opinion. One, two, three. And then at the end, I look at the ca like camera two and I go, send this to a friend and tell him Taya told you. And then I'm like, I'm Taya DiCarlo, your Los Angeles realtor. And this is just my two cents. See you next time. That's sick. So then that way. Very mean girls. Very exactly. Mean girls. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesdays we wear pink. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, I want them to know maybe it's the first time. Maybe they don't know me. Um, and, and that's a, that's a great thing if people are watching my content and don't know who I am. Um, and I'm trying to really hone in specifically to Los Angeles, talking to Southern Californians and getting really hyper local with it, because I feel like that's going to be the next tipping point for me right now. I have a ton of my sphere of influence doing business with me. I have a ton of agents referring me business, but I want to tap into geographically people who can pick up the phone and call me because that hasn't happened as often as it should. Matt, what kind of things stand the test of time? Beats me, Eric. Well, I, I got a list for you right here. Twinkies, J-Lo, Ben Affleck, Diamonds, The right. Beatles. Never well, you could all. add your real estate success to that list when you partner with Boomtown, the number one user rated real estate CRM in the game. Boomtown was built to drive sustainable long-term success, Eric, no matter yeah. the market. So if you're ready to put your best foot forward and build a real estate business that can stand the test of time, visit boomtownroi.com slash overask. Plus, see how you can score $750 in free digital advertising now. Now that's boomtownroi.com slash overask. Yeah, that hyper-localized content is going to be super important the next 12 months, basically, especially heading into whatever shifting market recession, whatever you want to call this is, you know, we always talk about how it's important to create content for a large audience. If you want to get followers, you want to get referrals, you want other agents to meet you. But in terms of like this market shift right now, it's important to like be providing that sort of context and education to the specific clientele that you're trying to reach in your area. Because if you're just doing content for, you know, I'm going to get shares and views, Yeah. you know, then your clients aren't really getting that education that they should be from your content as well. And you can still do both. Yeah. yeah. Like, and you should do both. 
like focus on that and maybe even have different platforms to do different things like that localized content crushes on YouTube. We've seen yeah. that time and time again with Ken Pozak and Brad McCallum and all those guys we've had on, like they, they just crush that. So maybe that's how you figure out how to go on different platforms. You know, I'm going to do the localized stuff here, the viral stuff on TikTok, the fun stuff for my sphere on Instagram. Have yeah. you started with, have you started with the green screen videos yet? You know what? I was doing those on TikTok a little bit and I'm going to mm -hmm. start doing more of them. In fact, I'm going to do one for the, the case study for the Blanco bungalow. I'm okay. going to have like a little like photo reel going on behind me and I'm going to speak to it. So I've, cause that proof of success in a shifting market and to finally share how it, you know, turned out, which it, it's okay, December 1st and man, what a wild ride. I really, and, and mind you, like I sell properties that are a lot more expensive than that house. Um, but that house was so unique in the sense that it had its own Instagram following. And at the time that I signed the listing agreement with them, I had more followers than she did. But by the time we launched, it was like, whoa. I mean, it just, it completely took off that by the time I spoke on stage at Compass Retreat in Atlanta, everybody in the room was like, I was like, raise your hand if you've heard of the Blanco Bungalow, people from all over the country. So like, and I called my client, I go, yo, your house hasn't sold yet. And everybody knows what your fucking house is. <laughs> like, Which was, so tell us about the Blanco Bungalow, because I thought this is the best short form listing video I've ever seen. We did an article you. on BAM about it. You just had this like electric hook. And then, you know, very brief house tour, perfect yep. music, great call to action, DM me the details, which, yep. you know, juices the algorithm and like has them communicate directly with you. And, and follow the MLS rules and everything. Exactly. Like... And that got thousands of shares. Um, you said you got a ton of DMs from that. Oh, I'm going to, I have the up. stats right here. It's yeah. going yeah. to then blow you, your mind. Because you, you want hard numbers. Yeah. You texted me the amount of like website traffic this is getting. Uh, are so you tell ready us for about, this? Yeah. Are you ready for this? Okay. So mind you, we closed this thing like 27 days, right? Now the original listing price of this house was 999, but by the time we went to go launch, so we signed the listing agreement in June, they did compass concierge. They took out a little bit of money to do the kitchen and to do HVAC, right? So by the time we went to hit the market in October, interest rates had fucking spiked. And it was like the sky was falling and they're like, Taya, should we still launch at 999? Like we really thought we were going to get over a million. And I thought, you know what? Everybody is lowballing right now. And your house is going to get written up in dwell magazine. If there were ever a time to try a higher number, let's do it for a couple weeks. And if you don't get any bites, we'll drop the price to 999 and it'll sell. And that's exactly what happened. So we launched it at 1111, 1111. She's into that. Um, and we got a ton of traffic, like at this point you're so, and if they have to edit me, like finding it right now, Esther, my marketing coordinator did it for me. Okay. I remember when you texted me these stats just after the first week and it was bananas, just the amount of website hits. Oh my God. Okay. So we had seven media placements, Dwell Magazine, the Long Beach Post, Long Beach Press Telegram, Orange County Register, Realtor.com, Cottages and Gardens in California listings, let's call it eight, bam. Um, <laughs> so we've got eight media placements. We were 27 days on the market. We did 13 posts, um, five posts and eight videos um, and one live. 
Of all of those videos and posts, we had over 10,647 likes, 450 comments, 1,456 shares, 222,904 views. Yeah. And then are you ready for this? The custom website that I had my photographer build, which we, we decided to go with instead of 2525 Chestnut, we did buy, B-U-Y, buy the Blanco bungalow.com. And then we also use that in our hashtag. That website in just a month has 524,595 visits. Yeah, Holy I mean shit. that's straight viral. That's like that's, I thought like, you were gonna start saying that rent song five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> that's like yeah. insane. Then, that yeah. there's by the that hashtag you had by the Blanco genius. bungalow. That's yeah. genius. So people so, need to understand like this house has its own Instagram. Yeah. Right. So this had this house had an Instagram before you marketed it, and then this. Got, got into another conversation that you and I were having about possibly building separate Instagram handles for houses when you get them as the listing and then showing kind of everything that's happening with that house. And maybe that Instagram gets handed to the next buyer or the next owner or whatever. And it just keeps getting passed on. Do you think this is a viable thing for agents to do? Do you think it's too much work or it's just, this, um, this just something that kind of already existed? I think that it it would be helpful if you had a, a really unique property that could be marketed as an Airbnb, that could be marketed as a great rental property, um, or even just a, a famous home. Who knows? Because for like privacy and safety, some people don't want their address just being blasted out there, right? So my client is a designer, and so her her brand is Blanco Bungalow. So she wasn't willing to sell the Instagram page. However. If you did want to go that route as a real estate agent, and let's just say this was a vacation home and this was an Airbnb, what a genius way to market the property. Like maybe it's a Palm Springs home. Maybe it's a, a ski cabin or whatever. And you could come up with a cute, with a cool handle and build that following and, and put that along with it. I mean, yes, it's work. Anything worth it is going to be work. Um, but from a marketing perspective, at the very minimum, agents need to think about having a hashtag, a catchy hashtag that they can tweet, yeah. they can put on YouTube. So then that way, anytime someone Googles the hashtag, it's going to take you to all of those things. Whenever you yeah. look up Blanco Bungalow, it's everywhere. Like that's genius. Yeah. I, and we uh, didn't need to do paid ads, by the way, we did not do really any paid ads. When we first got started, we had 325,000 organic visits to the website before running any ads yeah. on that website. That's unreal. I was yeah. just talking to a friend about this, like the name, like there's so much creative things, like just naming a house like that. It goes such a long way. It's just cool. It's something to talk about. And so many agents anyways, um, like buy domains and give the house a website. Yeah. So why not give the house an Instagram? Sterling Granger, real estate creative, the best meme maker in the game. He does that with his properties. He names really? his properties and like writes an entire story about it and like markets them in an extremely clever way. But can you imagine if your house just started getting like more followers and everything that you and your house just keeps going viral and then you just have to give up that Instagram and you're constantly... Or you sell it. The house. Yeah, you sell exactly. it. You you sell it yeah. for a premium. I think here's what I think is going to happen going forward in 2023. 
all of the agents that kind of just, you know, let the house sell and didn't really put that much effort into it. Maybe they did one video and maybe it got traction. Maybe it didn't. This case study of the Blanco bungalow, which by the way, yesterday, I forget who it was. I think it was Redfin posted some article, a realtor.com that said the 10 year U.S. housing boom is officially over. Like that was the headline. And it, it just dropped yesterday, right? I sent that to my clients and I'm like, way to go guys. (laughs) You just dodged a bullet. But I think about the fact that if we had not gone all in on controlling the controllables, right? Now, granted, she's a great designer. The house was adorable. It had all that stuff going for it. Most agents, if they had a cute house like that, they're like, oh, I don't really need to do anything. It's cute. The house is going to sell itself. I was so paranoid that the sky was falling that I'm like, okay, the only way price reduction from them is if I show them how many views we've had with no phone calls, right? How many visits we've had, what the open houses were like, what the feedback was like, but no offers. It's like at the end of the day, if you've checked all those boxes and you have the data and the evidence and you don't have an offer yet, well, if it's not selling, the price is not compelling. It's as easy as that. Yeah. So you save your ass and then you like, it's so crazy because then so many other people see it and they're like, oh shit, we need to work with Taya now. And you just, you destroyed that in such a like downward market. I mean, it's just all pluses. Yeah. The Dang fact that man. everybody heard at, at the, yeah. uh, the compass yeah. conference knew that house in Atlanta. And, yeah. In Atlanta. And like just, <laughs> And, and the fact that, you know, 300,000 plus or almost half a million people visit that website, they're seeing the marketing on your name as well. Yeah. So any agent thinking about like mailing it in for a cute house should be using that cute house as an opportunity, just like you did. Even yes. if it doesn't sell, if it's overpriced, you still have 60, 90, 120 days plus, you know, however long the listing agreement is of getting that marketing out there. Well, and that's how I got the listing is that mm-hmm. I told them, I said, look, you guys have a, you, let's not forget the fact that it's a two bed, one bath house. Right. Okay. It's a yeah. two bedroom, one bath house. It's barely 1400 square feet, maybe 1457, something like that. So most agents are going to go, I mean, shit, is it even worth a million? It's sold, by the way, it sold for a million 10. So it sold for ironically $11,000 over. <laughs> Perfect. So it's, you have to ask yourself, is this an opportunity where I could really leverage my reputation and I could, I could level up and get attention for future listings and have some clout with that. And that's exactly what I saw was an opportunity, you know? So it's like, yes, it was only a million dollar listing, which I know people in other parts of the country are like, Oh, come on, Taya. Like we'd love to have a million in LA, a million dollar listing is like entry level. Yeah. It's usually 1.2, right? So I use that opportunity because now I can go in. If they're like, oh, you're good at marketing. I'm like, yeah, look what I did with this two bed, one bath house. If I did that for this, look what I could do for you on your $5 million house in an adjusting market. Um, So it's all opportunity. Those those insights speak volumes in uh, listing appointments too. Like I use that a lot. And like I tell agents all the time, listings are what we work for. Like you should treat these listings like the Super Bowl of our business. These are the Super Bowl commercials of our business. Every listing 
is such an opportunity for you to not only make money, but get five more listings yes. from how well you did it. So it's like, why are you not taking every opportunity to just be creative and do videos? Like, why are you doing the bare minimum? Sure, you'll sell yeah. it, but like you're doing nothing else. But are you going to get the review and the referral? And yeah. it reminds me, um, when I was at the Compass Retreat, after I spoke, there was an agent in the audience who was like, so when you go on a listing appointment and you talk to them about your marketing, like, is that, is social media, like your, your only thing that you're really touting? And it caught me off guard because I, of course, my elevator more than just social media. And so often people will say, oh, well, Taya does all of her videos. She's really good at social media. And that question got me really into where I'm going to pick video content going forward for 2023. One of my strongest skill sets is negotiation. Like without a doubt, I am a cutthroat negotiator. I'll do it with a smile on my face and something that I don't brag about that often. Like maybe I'll have it in a case study with my stats to say, look, we got this many offers, but when everybody was getting multiple offers, who gives a shit in this adjusting market, those negotiating skills are what are going to be a, a, a distinct making you making a distinction between you and your competitor. So I actually said to her, I go, you know what, when I'm representing a buyer, I have a track record of getting credits and repairs. And when I represent a seller, I have a track record of getting more. So I think that agents really need to understand that in this adjusting market, marketing is really important, but let's not be foolish at the end of the day. Like you need to know what your value is. If you are a good negotiator, like for Blanco Bungalow, it didn't appraise. It did not appraise. And my clients went from all of a sudden, they're really into the marketing. And I'm like, guys, I know you hired me because you like my marketing, but you hired me to not only get it under contract, but to actually close it. I was like, so when this thing doesn't appraise because it's not going to, do you have a backup plan if the house doesn't sell? They said, yes. I go, good. So when it doesn't appraise, he'll have his, his appraisal contingency and you're just going to say no. And they're like, are you sure? Mm -hmm. I'm like, are you, are you ready to like cancel the deal? They're like, yeah, because we, we want that amount. I go, perfect. And guess what? It didn't 60 grand, 60 grand. And we told the buyer, it's the way it goes. We're willing to throw in, you know, some concessions with furniture, plants, whatever, but the house is going to sell for a million ten. You get the Instagram handle. Yeah, no, no, not even that. Not that. Yeah, so but um, but that, but that ended up happening. So I think that that right there too in this new market, agents are going to have to really flex their muscles when it comes to not just marketing but negotiating. So how are you going to flex those muscles with content? Is that a shift you're going to make in your videos showing how you would negotiate a specific aspect of the deal or what's that going to look like? Yeah, that's going to look like more of the knowledge broker educational videos. Basically saying, okay, what, what happens if you have a situation like, how would you handle that? Here's Taya's two cents on how you should handle that, right? What's going to happen if the market shifts and does this? right? Because that's what the consumer is thinking right now. What's going to happen? Nobody knows. Okay, well, what do you do when you don't know? You get educated. You collect informed decisions because you can't predict the future. 
like I was, when I was at geo soccer game, this woman comes up to me and she's like, Oh, Taya, I'm Roberto's mom. I'm so happy to meet you. Um, I've been following your Instagram page for like a year. And of course I immediately, immediately thought she was a realtor. Right. So I go, Oh, I go, are you, are you an agent in town? She goes, no. And I was like, you're a real person. <laughs> yeah. You're like, it's working. I know. I this, was is, like, this is how it's supposed to be. It's not that it's supposed to be some person going up to me at a real estate conference. Totally. I almost clients. texted our chain to yeah. be like a real, <laughs> a real person, a real person a real follows person. me. And I was like, Oh my God. She goes, Oh, I, I love your content. I learn so much from you. I learn so much from you. So that right there, when you make valuable content, that's well thought out, they are watching, they are listening, they will come back for more. And that is what I need to do more of in 2023. That's what you can expect from me is more of that knowledge-based broker, educating people. I have almost 12 years of experience now. I want to showcase that. I was so annoyed when I volunteered at my kid's school today and the like teacher's aide or something was like, oh, that's here like oh you work and I'm like yes I work and she's like what do you do I'm like oh I sell real estate she goes well who doesn't sell real estate in Manhattan Beach and I was like like, shut up I wanted to be like and so of course a lot of people you should have started showing the the stats on the Blanco I'm not kidding you as soon as we walked into like the breezeway this mom I go I actually like really sell (laughs) I go I'm not just one of those women that like got her license on a weekend and was like that's cool like when my husband buys a property like we can get a little kickback discount I'm like no like I legit have been doing this for over a decade did you bring her aside and just whisper like listen if you ever fucking say that again (laughs) or it's like like, (laughs) or it's like Ron Burgundy is like I don't know how to put this but uh, (laughs) I'm kind of a big deal (laughs) yeah yeah, people yeah. have such a weird reaction to realtors still. When you say that, yeah. there's always kind of this doubting look that they like give a, you. Like a giggle. Yeah, which I can understand when someone talking to me about it. But, you know, <laughs> from you and you guys, it's just, it's a little bit different. Oh, it gets even worse now, like, because yeah, I'm actually. like a real estate agent, content creator, right. podcast host. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. It's like, you're, oh, you're another one of those <laughs> podcasters. Huh? Yeah. Oh, you got YouTube? Oh, cute. Cool. yeah exactly people uh yeah it happens all the time but we what you did say before we wrap this up valuable well thought out content i think people forget about that always think about posting with intent you need to know what you want to do you need to have some sort of vision some sort of path lane that you want to go down i mean so many people are like oh i don't write scripts because you know whatever it's like fine you don't have to write a script but like know what you're going to say, like, or, or at least like have a topic in mind. Some people yes. do what you do, Taya. And like, by this point, I'm sure you can kind of go and be a little bit more off the cuff because of how much you've done with Taya Two Cents and stuff right. like you've done it. But like people who are just getting into this, trying to create content, they just think that their everyday um, skills, like negotiating skills or whatever, is just going to translate on camera. That's not the case. Mm. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Yeah, actually, someone uh, someone DM'd me the other day. They go, where do you come up with your content? And I just wrote her back. I don't know what got into me. Maybe I had a glass of wine or something, and I put my brain. <laughs> and she was like, huh? And I'm like, I research. I'm not just a content creator. I'm a creative director. Yeah. And no one can create this content for you and have it come across 
as genuine and authentic. You have to read the article from Wall Street Journal, have an opinion about it, and then just structure it out. Like I, I have the hook. I'm like, what did I take away from this article? What's my strong opinion? That's my hook. What are three things that are takeaways from the article? Bada bing, bada boom, bada bing. And then remind everybody who I am and read the caption for more details. That's it. The news is just such a perfect hook right now. I mean, we yes. just went through two hours or not two hours, two years of the same market, the same yeah. seller's market, the same jokes, the same content. It's a crazy market, 15 offers, yep. you know, 20% above asking. And now with this shift, it's giving agents such a, a new opportunity to use the news and the headlines yes. as these hook because everyone's so interested in the housing market again right now. Because it's just yeah. like, oh, well, maybe there is an opportunity. What's going on with rates? What's happening with the economy? What's happening with the war? What's like, there's just so many different factors right. that we could utilize with that content. And you don't just sit there and all of a sudden, like you said, like your brain doesn't just be like, oh, I'm going to post this. It's like you are constantly combing for news articles. I'm looking in Facebook groups. Like yes. Matt and I are constantly talking back and forth about content ideas. We're sending each other pictures and videos. Should I do this? Should I do that? Like this isn't just you sit in a room and stuff just pops in your head. Right. That's and the worst way it's, to come it's, up with content. You have to be 100%. Well, and what about the fact that no one wants to read a fucking article? Yeah. No, yeah. Everybody wants to read. Everybody's yeah. lazy. Nobody wants to read the full article. Your clients don't even want to read the newspaper. They don't want to read the article. They actually would rather watch a video where I do totally. the, cliff, the cliff notes. So it's like, I'm sorry, guys, if you want quality content, you're going to have to read the article. Yep. You like, got to do like more than the bare minimum. Sorry. Yes. Guys. Don't just share the <laughs> clickbait. Nobody, everybody can read clickbait. Like tell yeah. us if the clickbait is misleading. Like, is the article actually about something entirely different? Like that's way more interesting than just reposting an article to your story and not even having an opinion about why you shared it. Yeah. yeah. 100%. I'm going to get one more thing, Matt. Okay. We have, we have a little bit have more one, here. One minute. All right. Yeah. She's, I got a text. We're okay for a couple minutes. Oh, good, good. Okay. Yeah. The, the dongle, the dongle stays. I was trying uh, to give Taya the. Yeah. No, no, like, her, like give, give me the hook and just take yeah. me out. Um, so what, what you just filmed, you just said you were rejuvenated. You said, I'm, I'm back to Ricky. And you said you filmed like, you know, five, six, like incredible videos for yeah. December. What, what was that December content? Is it the educational stuff that you're just talking about? Or what were those videos specifically? Um, those specifically were about news headlines and my opinion about them. Like I have one video that I basically say, um, <laughs> anyone who lists in the month of December is desperate right now. And I was like, it's, it's crazy what a difference a year makes. Last December, I would have said, definitely sell your house in December. There's people out there that want to buy it. And now I'm like, don't do it. Mm -hmm. And I know that's unpopular opinion. People are going to have, people are going to be mad at me. But I don't really care. Like, I don't want to be a doom and gloomer, but it's the truth. Didn't you say that before once and, and your client actually got upset with you that was listing? Yeah. No, so they actually, said, I said, don't list in August. And he goes, well, now we don't want to list in August. And yeah. Like, like, we have a listing agreement signed for August. Yeah. What's going on? How do you respond to that when they say that? I was like, I tried to backpedal and I was like, but I still really do feel like August is a bad time. And right. he was like, well, then we'll just launch in September. And it actually worked out better. So it's like, good. I think that we just can't be afraid what people are going to push yeah. back on us for. Good thing you didn't double down on that, eh? If you listen in August, 
You're a real piece yeah. of shit. <laughs> You're a complete and utter <laughs> moron. Moron. <laughs> as you're signing the listing agreement. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but that the, the content for December, I'm really excited to launch. And I feel like um, it's more in alignment with who I was and always have been um, before I got the rug pulled out from underneath me this year. And I, I'm, and I'm, you know what, respectively, I'm really glad that I went through some adversity this year. It makes me appreciate all that I have. Um, I've, although my numbers were down because of that, my quality of life, my friendships, my experiences, I am rich in experience this year, like joyful experiences. And I just, I cannot wait for the new year. Well, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. That is yeah. absolutely true. Meme that shit yes. right now. Meme of the blind. <laughs> Always. It's very true. It a is. Of, a lot of knowledge. Taya, you're the best. Like Aww. I always say it, I, I use you as an example all the time with whoever I'm talking to. I think you're one of the best to ever do it in uh, Thank you. the you real well. estate and the content game. So we're stoked to have you on. We'll have you on a million times. So Aww, uh, I love you guys. Thanks for being on. Thank you.